Hey, she really goes for you, huh? Are you kidding? She's dead! Hey, a note. Let me see that. Read that. Hilda is dead, and here's something to note. You can't bury her at sea, because her bosoms will float. Welcome to another episode of the Center Beef Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Gary Hill, and with me tonight is Suzanne. Hello. How's it going? Uh, it's going. That's that's a that's a plus or a minus. I can't tell, but yeah, here we are. Yeah. yeah well, I mean, it's. I'm very sad. Still, I know. I'm gonna be sad for a while. I'm looking like you asked though, Suzanne, for a a new buddy. I'm asking around, so. Awesome. Yeah. And with us is Iris as well. How are you? Hello, hello. How are you guys doing? Fine. Fall's here. It's slightly chilly yes. outside. And, uh, yeah, bring it on, man. Yeah, it's about time. I'm ready for it. Oh, my God. I have to say, the the colors out here are just amazing. Um, I had an aunt and an uncle come up from El Salvador to see my dad, and... She's kind of funny because she thought that they either put something in the ground to make the leaves turn colors or it was something in the water to make things. She goes, how do you guys paint them like that? And we're like, no, that that just happens. <laughs> and I took her I took her for a little drive throughout here and she was just amazed at how beautiful the colors. And she goes, wow, we don't see this at all. I'm like, yeah, I know, because it doesn't get cold down there. But yeah, um, you know, it's, it's just so pretty out here right now. I'm excited about fall, then winter comes, and then it sucks. Yeah. <laughs> I'm one of those classic Christmas curmudgeons, so yeah, I, I'm feeling yeah. it. I feel it especially now that, you know, I go into Walmart and they're, they're, they see them, I have all the, the, the Christmas stuff right across from, from the Halloween stuff. and It's fucking ridiculous. It's too early. It's too early for this yell. Come on now. Hmm. Can I have Halloween and, and, and Thanksgiving first, please? Oh, I, I, love, <laughs> I love these people. You know, God bless Duncan, but his wife, his wife is an insane person for Christmas, and she starts yakking about it like two months ago. I was like, no, just no, Mm-mm. you know, put the Tom Atkins GIF for, from uh, Halloween Thrifters. Stop it! Stop it! You know, no, nah, just stop doing it. Stop with the Christmas stuff. Yeah, it's more of a beef than what we're talking about right now, but yeah. You guys know how I feel about that, but uh, <laughs> I'm going to get Iris first and ask her what she's been watching. Yeah, well, I have been kind of doing like a weird little sci-fi thing because I watched um, Extinction, which don't, 
Um, it's on Netflix right now, and uh, I was like, okay, whatever. What is this movie? Um, it's like this guy's been having the. It's a German movie for one, but it's a very Hispanic dude in the movie. The guy that's in the movie, the Wasp. Um, the buddies. Uh, not the Wasp, but Ant Man. His little sidekick guy, the oh, little Hispanic. Michael, Michael Pena. Yeah, that him, him, yeah. him, Michael Pena. He's in that. He's in a German movie. And he's this guy who's um, who's having these dreams about this alien force coming in and destroying Earth and taking over. And to the point where he's like passing out and stuff because he's not sleeping. Well, it, it comes to fruition and he's not the only one. There's been a lot of people who have done it. And it's basically like, um, what was that series, uh, Dark Skies? It's basically the movie. That I was, I was kind of disappointed with it. And then I watched um, Endless, which was really interesting. Um, this one's about these guys who left a, a UFO cult, but they come back to see what it is that's going on. Oh, um, I've seen this around, and I've, I've, I've got it bookmarked. Yeah, you watch it. It's really interesting. It's a sequel to something or like a yeah, spiritual oh. sequel to something. That I've seen before that I can't recall the name of, but Jamie speaks highly of this movie too. Yeah, it's it's. It, I really enjoyed it, and then um, of course I had to watch, um, and then I watched uh, Ichabod Crane and Mr. Toad and Poltergeist and classics. Yeah, you know, just the good stuff. And and the kid right now, he's watching Garfield Halloween Special right now. So. Nice, <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I got to bring him up right, you know. Got to get the classics in there. Oh, yeah. Ichabod and Toad is where it's at, though. You know, it's, it's you get the crazy Ichabod. You know, I mean, you get the crazy Mr. Toad story. Then you get the still very chilling, you know, Headless Horseman. I mean, I, I think I love what Tim Burton did with Sleepy Hollow, but I think they gave it. They gave, I think they gave the character a little too much flesh for my liking in that Sleepy Hollow <laughs> movie. <laughs> well, it, what's funny is that he was like. Yeah, we were watching Mr. Toad, of course, his first, and he's like, when does it get scary? And I'm like, just give it a minute. And then once Ichabod started, and and he's like, still not scary. Yeah. <laughs> give it a minute! <laughs> but once once the the Headless Horseman shows up and everything, the kid kind of like sat up and was like watching, and I was like, there's your scary. He goes, that was cool, Grandma. Can we watch that? Yeah. I was like, hmm. I'm glad you liked it. The last five minutes. <laughs> He'll appreciate Mr. Toad a lot more later on, uh, I think, as an adult. Like, I didn't like it so much when I was a kid. I was waiting for, you know, the Headless Horseman to come on screen as well. But I get a real kick out of uh, Frog and Toad now. I think it's pretty great. Yeah, that was funny. The little mania he has is like, dude, like, quit smoking the pot. <laughs> <laughs> Like, Darren just showed his kid, uh, l little four-year-old Danzig, Hocus Pocus for the first time, and he was terrified of Billy, the zombie Billy, and oh. he, but he he thought it was all better when he thought he wasn't going to hurt the cat, and the little, uh, talkative, freakish Thackeray Binks, the cat. I haven't watched that this season. Who, know, who knows if I will? I don't know. I like it, but I, I've seen it tons, so let's watch something I haven't seen. <laughs> Anything else, Iris? I'm sorry. I'm, I'm rambling. Uh, no, I think I think that's pretty much it for me. Okay. Suzanne. Oh, wow. Um, well, I'm 
three quarters of the way through this little movie called Apartment 212. And I'm, I've got, I'm, I'm, I like the movie. I like where they're going. But it's taking me some time to get through it because I absolutely hate the music selection for the movie. And it's just one of those things. There's nothing that will take me out of a movie faster than a horrible music selection that does not match what's going on. So I'll probably see if I can get through the last 25 minutes of it tonight. We'll see what happens. I was really, really excited to see that Andy Mitten did another movie, and I got to watch that Saturday on Shudder called The Witch in the Window. If you're unfamiliar, he did, him and his partner did uh, Yellow Brick Road and We Go On. Yellow Brick Road is one of my favorites. I just, I love everything about it, except the end irritates me sometimes. Was, was that an after dark uh, picture selection? Was that one of those? No, 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 no. Oh, because there's two movies. Called, yeah, there's another movie called Yellow Brick Road, too, then. That came out, like, not long, maybe like six years before that movie. Which is why I get them confused, which one you're talking about. Yeah. Um, this is the one, the, the Expedition. Not really expedition. Uh, the filmmakers go following up this um, story about this entire town that picked up and just started wandering into the woods. Are there sleep stacks involved in this routine expedition? No. No. Okay. No, not on this route. <laughs> no, Will and Holly were not involved. But um, I was so I, I went into watching Witch in the Window with certain expectations and I was so completely wrong. Is it, 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 there's some great, it's very atmospheric, but there's also a lot of hearts and it just, it it actually made me tear up a little bit at the ends. doesn't happen very often, but then again, I'm, I'm a little softer than normal right now. I, I didn't watch a lot of Land of the Lost when I was a kid, but you know what really fucked me up as a kid was the Morlocks in, in uh, the Time Machine. Oh, yeah, the Morlocks were fucking terrifying. Yeah, show the kid the Time <laughs> Machine, Iris. Okay. They, they oh, are scary yeah. as hell. If I yeah, fucking freak out when he sees those fucking things. And um, Hulu's doing, a, I, I guess they're doing like a seasonal anthology and I watched their first installment last night called The Body, which I, I wish they could have cut some of the humor out of it. Yeah. Because, you know, I'm, I'm just not that person. That's, they've got to mix black humor in to keep me into it. I want a straight-up horror movie sometimes. You know, it's like, I, I don't think I'm asking for a lot here. Apparently I am. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But it's got, it, it's, it, it was, I have to admit, I was just entertained by it. Yeah, you got your this hitman on Halloween who's running into complications, and everybody thinks that him dragging this body around, it's a costume. And uh, that's kind of a brilliant <laughs> plot device. It really is. It was. It it works, but I just they they kind of went off the rails a little bit with a, a few of the gags. But what? all in all, you know what. I could think of worse ways to spend an hour and a half. I was completely entertained by it. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to the next one, which is, I guess, going to be Thanksgiving. Cool. Uh, All I can picture now is Patrick Bateman's, like, semi-gay associate. He's dragging (laughs) the body outside. 
where oh where did you get that overnight bag you know <laughs> oh it's if you if you have hulu or just just go look it up it's the series is called into the dark and the first installment was the body but it was it was movie length it was like an hour and a half it was i, I was truly entertained i had a great time with it um, also, uh, going on to TV, I think I mentioned earlier, my love affair with 911. I yeah. don't care what anybody says about it. Critics, you can be damned. Haters, be damned. I've entertained each and every episode, and I'm either cheering or crying at the end of it. I started watching A Million Little Pieces because, you know, I just need to be just a little bit more depressed. I, it's definitely not as strong of an entry into the tearjerker category as This Is Us is. But I, the, the actors are keeping me into it. Um, the, the, the dude from Grimm is in it. The dude from Psych is in it. Um, uh, some other dudes are in some it. Some other dudes. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I just, I don't know, just kind of. It's like horror movie, couple of TV shows, horror movie, couple of TV shows. Oh, and the Forged in Fire Invitational. Been totally into that. Nice. I love that show, and I love Knife or Death. I like want to go try out a knife competition. Is that the Trejo show? The Knife or no, Death No, no, no. Uh, no, it's uh, Goldberg. Which one's the Trejo show? That's about I knives. don't know what his is. Well, there's Does he one, have there's, a show? There's one that's about like making swords and shit or something that Danny Trejo hosts on some network. Oh my god, I've got to go find that now. Thank you, Gary. I don't know what it's called. you got to <laughs> Google it, I guess, because I don't know what it's called. Holy shit, I must find that. Because you know how much I love shows with people making stuff and then cutting stuff? And then having to make another thing, and then things get fucked up even more. I think Trejo's goal is to make a sword that's taller than him, which shouldn't be very hard because he's a very tiny man. Yeah. So. <laughs> he's a spick. I, I, hear, I, hear, I hear his tacos and donuts are very good, so there's that. Uh, I think, I don't know, that's pretty much, uh, yeah, I think I just covered everything. Okay. Well, I watch. I watched a ton. Well, that, that I that I can recall. I'll I'll, I'll ramble off a few. Uh, I watched Tales from the Hood two because it was on Netflix, and I kind of wanted to see it because it has the original writer and director doing stuff in there. And who doesn't love Keith David just hamming it up? And he hams it up in this picture as uh, Clarence Williams the third replacement uh, as as the the um. <clears throat> The, the, the funeral director, or whatever you call it, person. I've They're heard tired. so many mixed reviews about this. You know what? It's, it's, it's not as good as the first one at all. It's going to be impossible to be as good as the first one. but and, and it's a shame. But, you know, you get a lot of callbacks in there. But you get a lot of, like, it's a lot of hammy stuff in there. But then you get, like, ones that are, like, overtly. There's there's one where, where of course, uh. A black guy is working for a Republican candidate who's doing stuff like shutting down polling places in black neighborhoods. So he gets visited by ghosts that, that I don't know, it, it's really strange. <laughs> and there's another one, of course, with a doll, which is kind of fucking hilarious. But th- that's all well and good, because the stories are not what the problem is. The, story, the, the, story, the problem is the stupid wraparound. If you haven't seen the movie before, 
the reason why he shows up in this movie at all is because the government wants him to put parables inside like this government supercomputer that's their that they basically made their own their own robot to do shit. And it's the <laughs> stupidest plot device I've ever seen in a horror film ever. But they had like some serious stories in by the way, at the end, you get an Iron Man that kills a bunch of white people. Because their our big idea was to put these stories inside this robot and let it think on its own. Yeah, don't 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 just if if anything, just just skip the wraparound. If you have if you have Netflix, fa- I hate to tell you to fast forward Keith David because he's the really really only really fun part about that segment. But fast forward the wraparound and then watch the segments and definitely fast forward the last ten minutes because that shit's fucking stupid. It's just fucking stupid, and I'll say it all day long. Ugh, whatever. Let's get to the good stuff. I watched The Incredibles 2, and that's awesome. And uh, I, I reckon I'm not going to give away any plot points to the movie because Suzanne wants to see it badly. But I will say that it fixes a lot of the a lot of the problems with the first film as far as like cohesion goes, like continuous plot you can get into. It's, it's kind of like if, if Mr. Mom met the Incredibles, it's kind of magical. I'm just going to say that far, okay? All that was missing was the whoopee. I, I was looking for the whoopee to come up. And... The whoopee. Oh, oh, my God. I forgot I lo- I about the it. whoopee. I love this so much, though. I, I watched it three times. The Incredibles 2 was so great. Um, What else? There's, I watched Halloween with Bo and then Scott for the Patreon-exclusive uh, Legion commentary. So check that out. You could hear us talk filthy about Dr. Loomis, about why he's so happy and jovial, why he wears that big coat all the time. And uh, that's a that's a good time. Um, I watched a lot of TV because this is, this is the TV jam time for me, the hero stuff and Riverdale. And I, I, I started watching, um, I watched the Goldbergs tonight, which I will get into later in my beef of the week because I, I have I have problems with the much much hyped appearance of Robert Englund in the Halloween episode, and uh, but after that I did watch Nightmare on Elm Street. It felt a lot better the first one, which there's little stuff that I notice about stuff. You know, watching it now, you forget stuff like I wouldn't call the soundtrack disjointed, but you had your classic, you know, doom 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 doom, you know that stuff. But then you forget like how techno it gets, and it's kind of magical. You know, it's it's kind of great. I just never noticed like how techno the score is in parts, and there's a part that I laugh my ass off that I never noticed before when um Glenn is is in is is escaped Nancy's room after sneaking after hanging out you know, and the mother comes in, but right before the mother turns off the light for some reason Nancy has like it has to be like some kind of glamour shot that Johnny Depp uses like his. His actor's headshot, cause he, <laughs> it's like just sticking on the wall. I was like, who has this weird like? Did they go to the mall and have this picture taken in black and white? This glamour shot of, of, of Johnny Depp just hanging out on the wall in her bedroom. It's like, yeah, that's how I fell in love with him. Right, that picture right there. You know. <laughs> oh, and yeah, that, that's it's it's still great though. Like people have probably like the wobbly arms stuff like that. I I just I just think of it as that's what their nightmare is, and if that's what their nightmare is, then whatever. Who the fuck am I to judge? Um, 
Yeah, that's that's um all I can really recall. I watched I've watched more, I'm sure. Oh, I forgot one. <laughs> I had to mention this because it was finally a, a, a Mila Kunis film that I kind of enjoyed. She's like she's like right up there with Thor Birch. I think she ruins films, Mila Kunis. But I watched The Spy Who Dumped Me with, with her. What? I, the Spy Who Dumped Me stars her and Kate McKinnon. And I'm a big Kate McKinnon fan, except I don't watch Saturday Night Live because I think it's just lazy writing with all the political bullshit on there. But I think she's funny and stuff, and she makes she makes movies better, and she made this movie better. Because if she wasn't in it, I wouldn't have been in it. Ba- basic plot point is... Mila Kunis is going out with a guy, and she she ditch he ditches her on her birthday, but he doesn't because he happens to be a spy and he was detained doing a mission of some kind and it was captured and yada yada fuck fuck. So the whole point of the movie is them them, them getting this little snippet of okay we know where he is let's go get him and then they find that they fall into the whole he's a spy. And now they're into the whole plot of them, him being a spy and them being interlopers on whatever bullshit he had going on. It's not a great film, but it's a fun film. So I think it's like a red box rental. I wouldn't say go run out and buy this film. So when it comes out to red box or if it happens to pop up on Netflix or something, go watch The Spy Who Dumped Me. It, it's it's not great. I'd say it's a good five and a half out of ten, but it's 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 watchable. So there's that, but uh, up next um, <laughs> we're gonna go into that s- special segment that people either know and love or hate, uh, called the beef bitches and mashed potatoes. Okay, who gets the burly uh, beef? I ordered barbecue beef. I think that's mine, but I didn't who order gets fries. The barbecue beef. Mine's the Duke Deluxe. Okay, who gets the burly beef? Iris, I'll ask you first. Do you have any beefs, girl? Yes, one beef. I'm not going to say very much because people might get upset, but just because the title says haunting doesn't mean it's a horror movie. <laughs> <laughs> that goes for books, too. And that goes for books, too. So, you know, just because you read it says the haunting, don't think it's going to be a horror movie is going to have a ghost or anything. Just go with the flow and enjoy. And that's all I'm saying. Oh, are you talking about the said uh, Netflix series, or or is it something else? No, hear, that's exactly. Okay, that's exactly what I'm talking about. I hear, watched the first episode last night, and I kept nodding off. It was so fucking boring. I mean, I missed the series, A Haunting. At least they made it interesting. Yes. Mm. Yeah, I haven't heard like great grand wonderful things except for of course out of our co-host Jamie who who loves everything that guy's ever done and um I haven't heard a lot of folks talk about it like as far as like do they like it or they don't like it so it's nice to hear that somebody doesn't like it all the way did you make it through the whole thing or did you uh stop um I have not made it through the whole thing okay I thought it was like one of those because like I think any Netflix series it takes a good two episodes to get going like, I wasn't sold on Stranger Things episode, uh, season two until, like, the fourth episode hit. I couldn't... I, I watched the first three episodes of season one, and I could just... I, I just couldn't... 
I couldn't get into it. It's like they were riding the nostalgia so hard they forgot to add a story. Yeah, I can see that. You know, you get I know it's probably you, you, sacrilege for no, saying that. No, 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 no. If you don't like it, you don't like it. I mean, a lot of folks don't like that stuff. There was a terrible show they made um, on Netflix. I forget what it's called now, but it was about like it was like a '90s throwback with with teenagers. There was not a likable character in the entire show, so I was not sold on that at all. Sometimes you could do it right, and sometimes you you. Cause I think that that show particularly got shut down by like twenty five networks. Like nobody wanted it. So there's probably a reason for that. Uh, whatever, though, man. I'm here. I, I like it. I don't. <laughs> I like it to a point to say, hey, I'll watch that third season to see what happens next. But, but on um, the other hand, uh, the haunting of Hill House. I am doling this out gradually because I'm so into it. Me too. I don't want to like binge it because then I'm like, well, fuck now what? No, I've been forcing myself. I've been like trying to keep myself to like one episode every three, four days. And I am on episode. I will be starting episode five, probably Sunday. I think like Hulu and like, uh, well, the brand new DC universe is doing it right because they've only released a couple episodes of everything that's come out on there and I think it's uh, working out in, in their in their benefit and for <clears throat> leave you wanting more and then you know more is coming at some point in time. Because one thing I didn't mention that I didn't watch yet was um, the Titans um, TV show on the DC uh, Universe uh, streaming service. And I, I like the way they're doing that where they just release like one episode and they release another episode. To whereas if you binge on something on Netflix, most of those shows are written for you to binge. Like... Orange is the New Black. People complain about, oh, it's it didn't have one more season. I'm so sad. I'm like, why? The last season wasn't great at all. You know, just... I made it through half of the first episode of the latest season, and I really have no interest in it anymore. It's just they're they're written like that for for people to to watch them like that, and yeah, I, I just... the 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 season with the riot. Yeah, you pretty much. Um, I I really don't understand what the ultimate goal there was. So they can get Cheetos and act like women, I guess. <laughs> but it was just, it was just, for me, they completely lost control of what they were doing. Yeah, but like, I haven't watched the, the Hill House thing yet either. I, I, I like the story, but not like other people like the story. No, it's, the thing is, you know me and remakes. I hate remakes. Uh, but we'll, we'll do some eventually, Suzanne. <laughs> Oh, I, have, I know. I, I have an idea for. Like I have an idea for a couple. No, I, I think you'll like these remakes. They, they're probably ones you've seen already. You know. But, but the thing is, it's just it. They're actually just using the place. They're not taking any of the story devices. Mm. They're using the place, and I'm okay with that. I like the '70s one. In the '70s, they put the one out Roddy McDowell. That's Hell House. Oh, I thought that was the same thing. No, 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 that's Richard Matheson. Oh, okay. Well, I guess I'm wrong altogether. And that is my second favorite Haunted House movie of all time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Beautiful. Uh, Suzanne, what's your beef, girl? Oh, my God. It's like, there, I have one, but I think it's just, it, it's just way too much of a downer that I just don't think I'm even going to get into. Okay. It's up to you. I don't, you know. No, it's it's very very sad and very upsetting, and it happened very close to home. Yeah, and I just I, I I I I've unloaded at a few people today about it. 
and like it's it's a local thing. You know, it happened in our town. I, I don't know if you watched any of the news about the dog attack. No, I okay. watched this. Was it a pit bull thing or something? What what happened? Um, I'm curious now. You got me got my interest. Okay, and this this happened two blocks away from me. Uh, these two people that had been sighted for for dogs at large before, basically just going and stalking and uh, attacking people. Um, well, they attacked an elderly man walking his dog. Um, Wait, using their dog to attack people? No, the dogs got out again, and they'd been sighted before. Oh, for, I gotcha. Yeah, dogs at large. And, well, they got out again and attacked this man and his dog. Mm. Um, and it was pretty pretty graphic. The dog was killed. The, oh, the, the man, his name is Carl. Um, oh, he had uh, wounds up and down his arms from trying to protect his dog. Yeah. And the owners got a ticket after they attacked and killed a dog and a man. They got a ticket. What kind of dog was it that got killed? Was it like a little dog or? Yeah, it was a littler dog. Okay. A 40-pound dog. Were these like Rottweilers? Or what kind of dogs were the guys? They were, they, every, the, the posts are vague about the type. I'm guessing they're going to just say pit bull because that's just the easiest scapegoat. It, it is. And so I, sadly, I the it. thing is, the breed's going to get a bad name. I know several pit bull owners, and I know several pit bulls that are the sweetest, kindest gentlest, adorable dogs. But you put any dog in the wrong hands. Hell, you put a chihuahua in the wrong hands, and that animal will destroy you. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've got scars from a fucking chihuahua. Yeah. I mean, it, it's shitty. I mean, there's so many, you know, whole areas that have banned any large breed dog because of, of, of stuff like that. Because of... Sh- thing because is, of- it's- it's not of, the breed, it's the owner. Shit owners who, who don't, you know, care for their dogs correctly. And I'm sorry, you, you, every community has animal control. My community has it, your community has it. If they're not doing their jobs correctly by looking and, and see, especially since this guy been complained on before, it's not the first incident, obviously, to take take his fucking animals away. And they should never be allowed to have another animal. And like I said, they've been cited for this before. Yeah. But the, the thing is, it killed another animal. It attacked a, a man. And they wrote them a ticket and sent them home with the dogs. No. That is wrong. This is when you go to your village and you fucking raise hell. Oh, no. Um, the, the civil suit is being filed uh there is a big uproar in my community, and I, believe me, I am I am part of this uproar because I you, I prefer a large breed dog. Hey, you're looking. You've got me looking for one for you right now, a puppy. And you know you're you're going to be you're going to be criticized <coughs> if you bring this dog home by saying, "Hey, this this large breed dog attacked this this old man and has killed his dog." But you got this large breed dog. What's your dog going to do? They don't exactly. know you. They don't know you. Obviously, we know you. That, that you wouldn't let a dog do that to to anybody, you know. No, and I would never. If even if I had an animal that was, you know, it could be skittish around other people or other dogs. Believe me, I would make sure that dog was well contained. It's, it's just it was it's careless. A ju- it's a judgment thing. That's it's terrible. 
Yeah, I've seen. It's like, just, just like bad said. pet ownership. It's really bad pet ownership. That's and all it, it is. It, it it screws it up for everybody, and not to mention I, those dogs. I'm sorry if I, as much as I love dogs and I love animals, but those dogs attacked another person. They're beyond saving. They you, should be euthanized. If you, and you, watch, you don't know how painful it is for me to say that. Anybody who's watched Pitbulls and Prolies knows just what you're talking about. Because there's dogs that they can save and there's dogs that they cannot save. Yes. You know, it's heartbreaking, but it's true. And it just... it. I was, you know, in a discussion with a few people from the community today about it. And so someone actually pulled out their phone. It's like, oh, do you want to see pictures? I'm like, no, don't. The last thing I need to see is a, a, an elderly man who's been just puncture wounds up and down his arms in a, in a, a shredded dog. I don't need to see that. I know what happened. I've read the police reports, I've spoken to my neighbors because it happened two blocks away from my house. I mean, the Chicago News was out here the other day. I stayed the fuck inside. I'm not getting involved with those, with, with those crazy journalists. Exactly. But all they're doing is giving large breed dogs a bad name. Yeah, it's awful. Because it's they're all, not looking. That's all. It's, it's, it's the buzzword. They're not looking at the people who own the dogs are just looking at the breed and that's irresponsible. I've, I've had friends and family who's, who's introduced, you know, you know, pit bulls into their homes and they're nothing, they're nothing but good with children and they're trained correctly and they're good. They're good dogs. But you, you have these fucking family members that just give, give you the fucking stink eye because, Oh, you, you had this, this dangerous animal in your home around these children and yada, yada, yada. It's like, no, that's not the case. And, you know, it's like he said, people like that give him a bad name. And it's really, it's really a fucked up situation for, for a dog owner, for a dog lover, you know, for just, just, just somebody that, 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 that cares about the well-being of, uh, a, 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 well, what people would call a lower creature than themselves. And, Fuck you, people that say when well, you lose a dog, it's not losing a family member. It's just, it's, you're just, you're just stupid people talking. I don't want to hear yeah, you talk a mouth, you know. Oh, I've, I've been, I'm still in mourning, and I've been so very happy that not one person has said to me, "But it's only a dog." Oh, there's because those people. Believe me, um, those people out there. I would, I would, I would ha- carve. It's only a dog on their forehead with a rusty fork. Yeah. And um, I do have a funny now that I've kind of it's it's like I said, <laughs> I do have a funny. Go for it. All right. Well, do you remember when we were watching what I have no idea what the hell we were watching. Oh, we were watching Gargoyles yes. on Sunday with NFW. And apparently my husband got bored. He was doing laundry and realized that the 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 sink in the basement yes, was draining yeah. slowly. <laughs> Uh, guess what? Well, he took it apart. Guess what? I still can't do laundry. Um, <laughs> because he found, well, put it back together. Oh, no, it's still leaking. Oh, no, well, this part's broken now. And then he goes along, it's like, oh, no, well, this is rusted. And it's leaking. Like, see, this is what you get. 
let it drain slowly. And now you've opened up can worms everywhere. So now I think we're going to have to replace a whole bunch of fucking pipage. And I still can't do laundry. So if it ain't, if, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, Pat. You gotta love those, those Tim the Toolman house husbands, you know. <laughs> it was not broken, it drained slow. I can improve that dishwasher. Watch me. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, and it started throwing the dishes out. <laughs> oh my god, that was hilarious. Oh my god. Yeah, my beefage is uh, <clears throat> it's a small one. I, I watched the Goldbergs tonight. A show I enjoy, and I still I still enjoy the show. Don't, don't get me wrong; I'm not, I'm not dissing it at all, except for the fact that you know they they they, they hyped this up, this Halloween episode. They 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 got Robert Englund to to come on the show and be Freddy once again for the show, and you hear now that he's pondering coming back for another installment of the movie series. I, I'd imagine to like pass the torch to another person because he ain't got if he has one of them, he's lucky. Let's put it that way. But this, the show, you know, it was, it was fun. There's a lot of, a lot of funny jokes between him and, and uh, the mother on the show. She calls him Freddy Kroger at some point. Pisses <laughs> him off. And, uh, but the makeup was janky as fuck. I mean, I, I know it's television, but, you know, I'm sure that Robert Englund could have called in a favor to, like, Steve Johnson or something and said, you know what, I'm, I'm doing the Goldbergs. I need I need the makeup done t- to give the character justice, but it it looked like a glorified Halloween mask that somebody plastered on his face. And I know it's television and everything, but even when you watch those terrible Freddy's Nightmare episodes, they did the makeup correctly on there. I mean, did this just look like plastic and garbage looking? I I, I, I couldn't stand looking at it. Although I was enjoying what was going on in the show. It's just if you're gonna do something. I mean, even oh, when he came to Chicago and he 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 didn't wear the sweater or the hat, which which caused me not to spend any money on him whatsoever. But he did photo ops in the Freddy makeup that I think maybe Robert Kurtzman did for him. Um, I think it was Kurtzman who did the makeup for him for this particular photo op. But it looked great. It looked like it looked like Freddy. This looked like a fucking plastic nightmare, and I I think that they should be ashamed of themselves. For going through all this trouble to get him on the show, I guess like it was a big schmeal with Adam Goldberg being a huge fan of Nightmare on Elm Street, and then that was told to somebody else that works at Robert Englund, and that's how all this came to fruition. But if you're gonna fucking do it, fucking do it right. It looked like shit, and I'll say it all day long. But the, but the comedy was great, and that's that's what kept you in it because it was it was a lot of fun. I'm not gonna give away. All the little key scenes that that made it fun because of Nightmare on Elm Street because you guys need to watch it because you know for your own for your own judgment and for, just to laugh because it was it was some great exchanges in that episode and uh but yeah if you're gonna do the makeup if you're gonna do it justice get somebody else that knows how to do it right don't go on TV looking like a plastic nightmare it looks like shit and I I did I, I it took me out of it slightly and it it shouldn't have did that um. Yeah, that's my, my spiel on the Goldbergs. You know, a show that I love and adore. And uh it just looked it just looked bad, man. You know? Man. <laughs> I'm not sure if you watch the show or not, Iris, uh, the Goldbergs at all. Do you watch it too? No, you know it's been recommended 
So I may start watching it. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That, oh, it just, it, there are certain things that just, it kind of tickles the, my 80s heart. Well, yeah, see, and I grew up in the 80s, so I probably should watch it because I'd probably go, yeah, I remember that, and that's very funny. Yeah, I, I think I binged the first three seasons on Hulu. Mm. Like, what's the what's what the hell is the Goldbergs? Okay, this looks interesting. All of a sudden, uh, 12 hours have passed, and I'm into season three. Yeah, that sounds good. <laughs> <clears throat> That's pretty much it, though. There, there's other little small stuff happening, and um, nothing to really whine about. I, I haven't seen the new Halloween films. I can't be one of those guys that nitpicks every little fucking thing about it and bitches and moans. Just be grateful there's another one. And that it's it's... I hear 85% enjoyable from most people I talk to. Because there's been ones that are like 40% enjoyable or less. Talking to you, oh, Halloween yeah. Resurrection. Talking to you, you know. It's not I'm a good talking movie. Talking to you, Halloween 4 and 5. You know what, I, 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 I'll, I'll stand the test of time with those because they're not great films. But the guys that do Michael in those films... Are very great and mean spirited with the kills, so I'll, I'll I'll stand up for the the actors that played Michael Myers, but you know as far yeah, as, but the stories are fucking garbage. They're not, they're not great. No, they're not. They're not great. No, no, not great. No, I still like Mark Wahlberg. I'm gonna leave that one alone. But uh, <laughs> tonight uh, to get us in the the Halloween uh, spirit, leading up to our Halloween show next episode. Uh, we're doing two films about detectives with, with a paranormal spin on them. We're doing The Private Eyes uh, st- from 1980, starring the great Don Knotts and the great t- Tim Conway. And we're doing um, Dead Heat, starring the the underrated Treat Williams and the very buff Joe Piscopo. Uh, we'll get into The Private Eyes right after this. One dark and stormy night in the mid-80s, Joe Bob Briggs, Harlan Ellison, and the ghost of El Santo pulled a train on Elvira while Siskel and Ebert sobbingly masturbated in the corner. From that union arose the greatest movie critic and luchador that ever lived. But we're not going to talk about him. He's kind of a dick. Instead, we're going to talk about me, El Goro, the stuttering movie fan and host of the Talk Without Rhythm podcast. Every week on Talk Without Rhythm, I discuss two to three movies tangentially tied together by a theme. I cover action. And the most complete fighter in the world. Sci-fi. Open the pod bay doors, Hell. I'm sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't do that. Horror. Oh, no tears, please. It's a waste of good suffering. And the continuing adventures of James Spader, sexual deviant. You're not worried that I'm going to fuck you, are you? I'm not interested in that, and I'm waste. Now pull up your skirt. So check me out at TWORpodcast.blogspot.com, drunkenzombie.com, or subscribe on iTunes. Talk Without Rhythm, the only podcast that will not attract the world. Adios. Who better to solve England's most puzzling mystery than these two international crime busters? Yes? Good day. I'm Inspector Winship, and this is my assistant, Dr. Tart. With the law and the order. Gathering vital clues from every available source. Oh. <laughs> 
step by step, Tim Conway and Don Knotts prove murder can be deadly in the private eyes. Who will be the next victim? Got that message? Better send it off to the yard, let them know we're here. I suspect that they would like to see me dead. Well, you can relax now that we're here. Danger is their constant companion. Fear is an unknown factor. These people are dropping like flies. Don't you people realize that you're next unless we get to the bottom of this? He isn't supposed to foam. Here. Stir it. These great sleuths, given the clue, come up with the perfect solution. Hey, we must be here bowling alley. We have among us a murderer. And that killer is right here in this room. All right, hold it right there. Gun, gun, give me your gun. Tim Conway is the dim-witted Dr. Tarr. And Don Knotts is the inept Inspector Winship. Tarr! In... Oh, my gosh. The Private Eye. Private Eyes from 1980. Your cheapo plot synopsis is such... This spoof of the Sherlock Holmes stories finds Inspector Winship and Dr. Tart investing a strange death in a poss possibly haunted mansion while dealing with the beautiful heiress and the crazed staff which lives therein. As I mentioned before, this stars the great Tim Conway and Don Knotts, respectively. And, uh, they're pretty great in this movie. Uh, and I'm gonna kick it to the one and only Suzanne and, uh, ask what she thinks about the private eyes. Oh my God, I love this movie so much. I grew up watching it. It was on HBO a lot when I was a kid. And, and you know, when it, being a kid, you see that cartoon opening, and you're like, oh my God, it's a cartoon. Wait, no, it's not. But it's Don Knotts and Tim Conway. And I, one of the first movies I remember my parents taking me to see was The Apple Dumpling Gang. And I do believe they were in it, or I'm completely mistaken. No, you're right. And I just was so excited to see them. And I just, it's, and you're right, it's just a fucked up Sherlock Holmes tale with, you know, basically dim and dimmer. And I, I love the timing between the two. I love the gags in the movie. It, it, oh, you're the two morons going to investigate the Morley murders. And it just, it's so funny. I love the staff. Bernard, whenever you say the word murder, he just starts to freak out. Do you find out he killed uh, uh, his wife's 13 lovers and his wife? And Grace Zabriskie is the one who's usually kicking him, trying to knock him back into place. And it's just the, it's, it's just the craziest collection of, of, of people and actors investigating the, this murder and I mean the gags like the the eyes behind the paintings that's just I'm sorry that's classic 
it's just so much fun to watch. And it was, it was kind of like, it felt like an eight year old kid watching it again. Cause it was giggling my ass off the whole time. And I just, I, it's just, it's one of my favorites. And for, for some odd reason, like two years ago, I went, I went searching for, you know, there, I knew there had to be a DVD someplace. I ordered it from three different places. And after weeks and weeks and weeks of waiting, it's like, oh, we're sorry. We don't have that in stock. So I was really bummed. And then when Gary brought this up, and I'm like, oh, my God, so excited for this. But like I said, this is the stuff that I grew up on. You know, that, that it was it's so goofy. It's so funny. And it's 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 charming. It's not incredibly wholesome. I mean, there was a lot of gags in there until I was about 20. I'm like, oh, wait, I get it now. When she's describing what she's wearing and neither one of them are writing anything down, or at least uh, <laughs> Professor Tart, and it was slit up to here. And it was, as I was standing there, I realized it was so sheer, you could see right through it in the moonlight. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I just I I never realized quite how funny that was until I was older <laughs> and why they weren't paying attention. At least I said this is just a classic from my childhood. I'm so glad I have access to a copy now cuz I'm going to be watching that frequently when I just need a little laughter in my life. <laughs> I love this movie. I love it. It's great. Iris um, well, kind of like Suzanne, I I've saw this in the movie theater, I, I don't know, maybe three or four times, because um, it, I mean, it was extremely entertaining. Um, but I, I grew up on the Apple Dumpling Gang. You know, I grew up watching Don Don Knotts and you know, Incredible Mr. Lippet and the Mr. Chicken and you know, all of these movies. And, of course, I grew up also watching Carol Burnett. So Tim Conway was on there all the time. So these guys were uh, something that were extremely familiar. And I knew their gags. I knew how they, they the slapstick they do was just incredible. And just like Suzanne was saying, there are so many funny little things in this. Uh, and mine, too, Suzanne, is the eyes. <laughs> <laughs> and then the, the very end gag at the at the end of the um, Warla sack or whatever that <laughs> or no, the oh. are, you know, that that is great. Uh, it, it's just so much fun. And what is so cool, though, it has a lot of elements of, of the 19... 19- you know, 1950s, 45, 50s, you've got, <clears throat> hold on, you've got, of course, the um, the doctor, you know, Dr. Watson, Sherlock Holmes kind of thing going on. But then, you, then you've got this caped figure, you know, kind of like the shadow who shows up also and rescues, you know, quite quickly. And then some of the, the, the staff, the kills, those were fun. And, you know, it was... I guess the, the running gag was every time that somebody did kill, you know, end up the dead. Bad poetry. <laughs> They'd go back and there's nothing there. Uh, so, but it, it's it's a very simplistic movie, but the gags are what keeps you interested in the whole thing because you're kind of like, 
now what are you going to do? Now how is this how is this going to happen? So it, it is lots of fun. And um, I hadn't thought about this movie in like for fucking ever. So uh, when um, it came up, I was like, oh, my God, I remember watching that movie and enjoying it so much. So um, if um, mommy lets me, the little man and I are probably going to sit down and watch this tomorrow night. Oh, nice. There's nothing dirty about it, really. You know, it's just just, uh, a lot of innuendo he won't get, basically. Yeah, yeah. And even then, there's not a whole lot of in there, but, um... Yeah, I mean, for me, that both these films are first-time watches. I mean, this 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 is a film that Johnny Krug loves, so I said, I'll, I'll give it a go. And I I I think that 80% of the movie is 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 uh, predicated on the chemistry between Tim Conway and Don Knotts. And it works so good. It works so well. I mean, they were, they worked together. This is the, the sixth and the final time they've worked together. And um, I think that helped move things along as far as a script goes, which... Isn't entirely strong, but but the gags keep it going. Yeah, I, I love I love the dungeon gag, which is hilarious. To where he sits, he sits in the chair, and you know he, he gets about fucking one inch away from getting his fucking nuts chopped off, and it's just it's just really funny. And, and um, the the eye, the eye hole thing, like you guys mentioned, you know, did the whole them fighting over who's gonna look at the hot chick, and you know. You think that she would have heard something behind probably these very thin walls, <laughs> but she didn't. <laughs> she just kept, she kept fucking with her clothes, uh, which is wonderful. Um, I think it's important to say that if you look in the IMDb trivia, that this this uh, was filmed in a real mansion that had real secret passageways that they had to insure for a whole lot of money, I guess, because oh, wow. they, they wow. didn't want nothing broken. So I think knowing that adds a lot of flavor to the film that like these these secret passages were all real inside this house and a lot of fun um <laughs> um there's there's more i i love i love everything about this film it's 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 Holmes and Watson it's it's fucking Scooby Doo it's it's so many <laughs> things and i think the, the the grandson will enjoy it very much i think he'll be he'll be he'll be deep into it um I love the traveling scenes in the car where they're just nagging each other the whole time, and you know the whole the whole myth of the wook, the wookalar, something they 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 they've heard of but didn't see, but then you see it in the end of the movie. It's just this fucking pig faced monster, ah, uh, which is kind of cute. It's it's kind of cute and kind of magical, and I guess there's supposed to be a planned sequel that includes you know their their battle with the wookalar and you know whatever, but it never happened. But I think uh, this film did well financially because it only it cost two point three million to make, and I guess that it, I think it made the good. I think it at least made like ten times that. I think. Can't. Sorry. <laughs> asshole. I'm keeping that in the show because she won't stop doing shit. You know. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. That that was Shade's appearance on the show, people, because she's like, "Hey, pay attention to me because I'm here." But anyway, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I love the the fall. I usually don't love like false endings, but uh, this one works really well. <laughs> That's her again. 
That's what I'm well. Like I hate I hate the movie April Fool's Day because it has like that false ending. Like yeah, nothing ever really happened. It's all a big joke. I know it's called April Fool's Day, but I fucking hate that ending. I hate I hate the ending to Transylvania Twist because you know it's like hey, nothing really happened. But you know when you got a motive behind the shenanigans, it it works really well in this movie to where it's is like a um, an embezzlement plot. You know, if you've never seen the movie, I don't want to give away the whole gag. But at the beginning, this old couple is murdered. But you know what? There's the end of the movie where you find out that might not be so. And I think it really works with the comedy. It really works with the plot. Because the whole time, they're they're, they're running around the house. And they keep picking up all these... It's it's almost like like one of those murder mystery parties, almost. To where they keep, they keep seeing the bodies being killed. But, you know, when they... When he brings back the, his partner, the body's not there anymore. But this letter's there with terrible with terrible poetry on it. <laughs> Even uh, set up to be as elaborate as having a doll speak the poetry. <laughs> yeah, you know what it reminded me of a little? It was kind of like a, a, a spoof on Murder by Death. I've heard of this film. I've never seen this film. I've You've heard... never seen Murder by Death? <laughs> oh, dude, you one. have to so watch this. Oh, my God. No, we, that's what we should do for a cinema beef. We should we'll do, do yes. Clue and we Murder by one. Death. Yes. We, we did Clue long ago, unfortunately, so we have to pair it with something else. I'll find something. Long ago. Oh, um, Murder by Death is, oh, my God. It's an amazing movie. Oh, yes. <laughs> but, um, yeah, this one's fun. I recommend it to anybody who uh, loves to laugh and loves good gags because they some great. I love great physical gags, and they're all over this film. And uh, I'll leave it at that. And uh, I'll kick it back to Iris and ask her anything else she'd like to say. And uh, when she give one to ten, Iris, y'all. Oh my God! You know Jamie is here in spirit. Oh, she's here. No, I'm saying in spirit because I was talking and I was muted. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm going to give this an 8.5 because I really, really enjoy this movie. Um, it kind of holds up, you know, even now. Um, it's a bit silly, but if I let myself go back to that um, um, 12-year-old who watched a movie... Um, yeah, it's a great flick. So, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to give it a nine. Cool. Suzanne? Oh, I was going to go straight for the nine myself. I just, like I said, I grew up on Tim Conway and Don Knotts. They've got, had such amazing chemistry, great timing. And it's just, a, it, it's a cute movie. And I, it's, I, I can drop out and go back to being a kid again when I'm watching it. It makes me laugh. It's just, it's endearing, at least for me. I love it. I love, there's nothing about this movie I don't love. So I guess I'm going to bump up to a nine and a half. And that's me giving the cat the hook. Sorry for the long pause, people. Me, what, about I, I, uh, what about you, Gary? <laughs> oh, I enjoyed this film very much. Uh, I, 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 I'd watch it again. Like I said, the first time watching me, I'm sure if I watched it more, I'd catch more stuff that I missed. But uh, it's it's a it's a good solid eight for me out of ten. I'm sure it'll go higher as a, in future viewings. But I'm gonna give it an eight just for the fact that I only saw it once. So yeah, that's it for this one. Uh, we'll be right back.
with uh, our next feature being Dead Heat, I think from 1984, right after this. You're traveling through another dimension, a dimension of not only a film and sound, but mind. A journey into an auditory movie review adventure that must be experienced to be believed. There's a signpost up ahead. Your next stop, the Doomsday Clock. You can extract the Witch vs. the Doomsday Clock podcast by either searching for WYCH on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, SoundCloud, TuneIn, and on your Android device. Witch vs. the Doomsday Clock is a proud member of Legion Podcasts. So prepare yourself. The podcast ice is gonna break! definitely something very weird going on here. Detective Roger Mortis has a problem. He's dead. But Detective Bigelow is bringing him back alive. That's okay. Don't get up. Told you not to get up. Now... He's got 12 hours to solve the toughest murder case of his career. His own. That's it. From now on, I'm a vegetarian. How do you fight this thing? Maybe we could drown it in A1 sauce. Treat Williams. Sit down. And Joe Piscopo are dead heat. You can't keep a good cop dead. Dead Heat from 1988. I'm sorry, I was way off on that one. Uh, Cheap and plot synopsis is two policemen are brought back to life. Well, one of them are. Well, later on, one of them is. It's it's really vague. Back to life to chase down a down supernatural criminals. Uh, this of, of course stars Treat Williams as Detective Roger Mortis. Brilliant. Uh, uh, Joe Piscopo. Darren McGavin. This is full of, filled with genre actors. Um, Vincent Price, of course. Key Luke, if you don't know who that is, he played a lot of the old Charlie Chan films. And, of course, he played um, the the grandfather who owned the Mogwai in, 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 in Gremlins. Um, Robert Picardo is a great uh, genre actor in this movie. Professor Toru Tanaka is in this movie. And I was so enjoyed to see Martha Quinn was in this movie. I love, I still love <laughs> Martha Quinn. I still have a big crush on Martha Quinn because she's still pretty smoking hot. Oh, my gosh. Me and Martha Quinn. <laughs> In a hot tub. <laughs> things would happen, okay? Ay, ay, ay. Probably uneventful things, but, you know, things would happen. <laughs> uh, this is directed by somebody called Mark Goldblatt, who did, primarily edited a whole bunch of big films. Um, stuff like True Lies and, and Terminator 2 and X-Men The Last Stand and Armageddon. You know, films that Suzanne probably hates, but, you know, <laughs> oh a God. lot of people like. All right, you know, Pat. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just throwing it out there. I'd imagine you're that person that hates Armageddon. I'd, I'd imagine that you're you're one of those people. And no, I just think that uh, Deep Impact is a much better movie. Oh, I disagree. They had a much deeper cast than that Armageddon movie. But I'm a I'm a Robert Duvall. How how do you beat Robert Duvall? I can go watch Open Range and forget about Deep Impact and be done with it. And uh, 
are. I'm just throwing it out there. <laughs> but I'm going to kick it to Iris first and ask her what she thinks of Dead Heat. Dead Heat, um, another film that I watched in the movie theater. Um, uh, by the time I watched this one, though, I was in, um, I was in the Navy, but it was, it was an interesting movie. It was fun watching it though. I think I probably enjoyed it more back in the eighties than today because it really reminded me of, uh, that French movie, the remnant where, you know, there is a cop and he comes back or he's a private eye or something. He comes is that the revenant remnant well what it it's a movie where the the guy is a private eye or or a or a cop and he gets shot he comes back to life but he loses an arm so they have to sew another arm on but it's known that people come to life anyway but this this kind of reminded me very much of that but some of the stuff in here is is lots of fun and of course you have these great people playing. I mean, Joe Piscopo and Treat Williams, they're funny as it is, but the names really, Roger Mortis, really, very funny. That's brilliant. I, I love it. <laughs> and I, when I was watching, I did, it was the same thing. Wait, wait his name, Roger Mortis? <laughs> what? No. It, no, Lieutenant Herzog, really? Yeah. <laughs> And uh, Darren McGavin plays this great part as a Dr. McNabb, which he was, you know, well, the bad guy. And then, of course, you've got Vincent Price, who's who's kind of like the the proprietor or it's kind of like, you know, Jim Allen to uh, Bill Gates. You know, he's the guy who's giving the money, but really isn't involved in the research. Um, <clears throat> um, so I really enjoyed uh, Vincent Price in this too, even the, the little bit that he's in there. Um, but um, I mean, it was a, f- it's a fun movie. It it does, it moves along quickly. It, it doesn't, it didn't drag out, which I was, I was kind of like, oh, this movie's going to start to drag, but it didn't because it's, it, it, you know, one thing happens right after another. It, it moves, the plot moves along quite nicely. And I do like the, you know, the, the that thing where you know, I'm going to stick you in this machine. And I'm going to bring you back to life. And then once you come back to life, you're going to do as I say. And of course, you know, there's that that trope of you bring somebody back or, you know, a bad guy has the good guy and they've hypnotized them or something. But then the friend's good guy, you know, pleads and gives them all these memories and it pulls them out just in time. Uh, the same thing happened in this one. But again, you know, I was still interested. I was still having fun with this. Um, and the women were not bad to look at either. So, you know, that was fun too. Um, but I, I did enjoy it. I mean, like I said, not as much as I did when probably when I was way back in 88 was when I was, I was still pretty much a kid. And of course, you know, Joe Piscopo and Treat Williams were a, a lot bigger stars back then, so you you know you expected them on in movies. But um, I don't know. I had fun with it, but I, I it wasn't something that I was kind of like. I watched this after the Private Eyes. Maybe I should have done it the other way, because um, I'd have to say I didn't enjoy it as much. That's basically it. Okay, Suzanne. 
I have to admit, Iris had a lot of the things that went through my mind. I watched this several times in the 80s. And it just, it, it, back then, I think I definitely enjoyed it a lot more. And now I have to admit, for me, the whole effect and aesthetic of the movie feels, God, I get cheap. Yes, that's what it is. It feels dated. That's yeah. what it is. It just it's it, it just comes off as cheap. The actors are fantastic. I've always been a big fan of Treat Williams. I always expect he should have been a much bigger star than he was. I just thought he was great in everything he was in. And Joe Piscopo, it, it write it out, and I just don't really have any feelings about him one way or the other. But, I mean, I love Vincent Price, and I love Darren McGavin, and I love seeing Darren McGavin kind of play a bad guy. That kind of did something for me. But just the whole movie, watching it now, and I did the same thing. I watched it after The Private Eyes. It, it just, it, it's, it, it doesn't hold up. The, the makeup looks very cheap. I'll talk about that when I talk about it, you know. Yeah, it, it it does. I mean, I've seen several movies from that era where the makeup was much better, but this one is just, at least now, it just, it seems cheap. If we had reviewed this back when it came out, I definitely would be scoring it higher. But, you know, watching it again, it just, all, it, it, it missed for me. It's definitely a period piece. God, I can't believe I'm saying that about an 80s movie. What the fuck have I become? <laughs> period piece. <laughs> I feel like I should go to the rest home now. <laughs> are, we, are, are, we doing, are we doing ginger snaps as a period piece, you know? Uh, but, I mean, it's it's true. I mean, things movies from the 80s have a very distinct feel, a very distinct vibe, a very distinct look. But this one kind of surpasses all of that, and it's just, it's it seems like it's stuck. So I just, I, I have to admit, I it, it took me, I, I would watch it for 20 minutes, then I'd have to pause the movie and get up and do something else for a few minutes, because I was, it just, it, it wasn't holding my interest anymore. I don't know. I mean, the story is, it's not a horrible story. It's, you've got a great cast, but there is just, for me, this one is just completely, it, I, I was really excited about seeing it again. And I was not getting that feeling that I got when I used to watch it. Yeah, me, um, I, I, I think the main problem with this film is the chemistry between Treat Williams and Joe Piscopo. It's there, but it's not really there. And the the writing, too. I think that if the roles are reversed, if Joe Piscopo became the zombie character, the gags would have landed a lot more because they, they were going for the whole 80s cop thing, delete the weapon, you know, stuff like that, to where you have Treat Williams, who's the straight man, and Joe Piscopo, who's the wild card. He's, 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 it's so stupid. They're driving in the car, and he's got all the crap on the dashboard, like, yeah, I'm the goofy guy, how you doing? You know, and it's just, yeah, I, I just I just wasn't feeling it. It was forced. As as, it, it, was... Was very, it was very very forced, and um, they didn't work well together, in my opinion, and that, that's that's what 
excels to private eyes and declines this film in, in a real steep way as that their chemistry is just not there and it hurts the film and uh, I think that's a shame because in the middle you have like this really not intricate paper thin plot that could really go either way about the, this guy who has this zombie machine that he could make people do stuff to his own will and I think the makeup effects are fine. I did, they're done by Steve Johnson, and I, I, I'm particularly fond of, um, <clears throat> you know, I think Treat Williams' burn makeup at the end, of the, the rotting slash burning makeup. Yeah, that was the, the high point. Yeah, it looks really good, but the rest of the, the monsters look really hokey. And um, I love the, 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 the butcher scene with the, the professor, Toru <laughs> Tanaka. That, that's a lot of fun. There's lots of fun little set pieces in this movie. There's lots of great character actors in this movie. And I think that's what keeps you in it. As far as like, okay, I'm going to finish this. Because eventually Vincent Price shows up. And Darren McGavin's acting really passive. And you find out that he's the bad guy. And like Suzanne said, that doesn't happen very often. And you get great... I mentioned Robert Picardo. You get him doing stuff. You get... You know, the random Asian guy, and it's slightly racist, but you don't care because it's an <laughs> 80s movie. And, uh, man. But the, the chemistry is, is what really hurts this film, though, between the two, your two main actors. And I, I don't think, I think that's deep down inside what I don't like about the film. And I've never seen it until now. I've always heard about this film, and I know I was going to have a, a somewhat good time with it. And I, I had a good time with it. Like Suzanne, like, like I think one of you guys said, it's just scene after scene after scene to where it doesn't really slow down. It's just that that chemistry is not there. Whereas if you had two different actors or the roles were reversed, like I said, they, they they flipped the script and made the goofy guy the zombie. It'd be like, wow, I have this friend that's kind of a fuck up, but now he's undead too. And now that's a whole new set of problems. Where are they going to go from here? I think that would have made the movie work a whole lot better if that, that was the case. And, um... I'm going to not say too much more about this film, except it's, it's, I think I had a lot of fun with it, but it's not, it's not a great film, but it's, it's, a, it's a watchable film. So I'm going to kick it back to Iris and say, anything she'd she like to say about the film, what do she give it one to 10? Um, I'm going to give this uh, a six because to me, it's pretty meh. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. I don't think I have much more to say. <laughs> okay. Suzanne. I, I look at this great cast. And they're like just a bunch of props in a storeroom and they're being stored improperly. I was sadly disappointed when I rewatched this movie because I remember having a lot of fun with it and looking at it with maybe a, a too much more of a critical eye. I just did not feel it this time. The flaws, the mismatched chemistry and these it seemed like some great actors just being squandered. It was, there really was no cohesion in the entire movie. It was just, you know, a, a, a bit, a bit pieces that were just kind of, you know, haphazardly sewn together. So just because I'm, I'm, I'm a little disillusioned. I'm at metaphor. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, I won't go that low. I'll probably go right where Iris is with that six. Um, I'd watch it again. It's it's not wonderful, but I, I'd totally watch it again. It just it has it has problems all over it. But it's gonna sound really strange, but it's it's a watchable film 
all over the place is a watchable film. And I, I'd recommend it, but with a, a caveat that you might not like it as much as we sort of liked it, and it's it's half of a good movie. So if you haven't seen Dead Heat before, go watch it for yourself, and uh, tell us what you think about it, you know, because there's a, there's a lot to love and there's a lot to hate about this film, which is why it gets that six. Um, we'll leave it at that, and when we come back, we'll talk about at least one dead person and close out the show. Are you sick of the same old stale podcast? Well, then join Vanessa and David as they dissect movies of all kinds. The two lifelong cinema lovers bring their favorites, curiosities, and first-time watches to the operating table and inject them with a healthy dose of snark. Then there's the waiting room, where they examine books and short stories. So just look for them on iTunes, and where fine podcasts are available. They're part of the Legion Podcast Network. Follow them on Twitter at VDClinicPod or email them at VDClinicPod at gmail.com. They're ready to cure what ails you. And still, they just might be contagious. Get information or a pamphlet at most pharmacies or a health clinic. If you need help, see a doctor. Hey, it's your boy, Donnie Rings, host of the Horror Mafia podcast. I'm joined by my associates, Baby Joy. Hey, yo, how you doing? Como esta? And Big Bill Casanelli. Hey, bafangul, bafangul, all right? And together, the three of us will take you, the listener, through our unique take on the horror genre. And sometimes mob movies, too. We are the mafia, you know. We serve up a little antipas to get you in the mood. A little gabagoo, a little super a hot sausage, a piece of mozzarella, crack Sicilian olive, forget about it. As well as a wide variety of entrees to manja. Whether the classic film review or our list episodes. You'll always get an exquisito dish served. Hey guys, how can we forget? Tanya's torture. Ah! Fucking Dawn! So come join us in the back room at Horophilia Studios for a sit-down with the Horror Mafia podcast. We'll make you an offer you can't refuse. Or you'll be sleeping with the fishes. Uh, now time. We haven't done this in a few episodes, but I'm going to go with this. This is a pretty important one amongst genre fans of, of all sorts. Uh, but this is the segment that we unfortunately call The Chopping Block. There's the Butcher's Butcher's the butcher's Block. I said, <laughs> it's, the, it's been a while. This is called The Butcher's the Block, chopping? though. What the hell? <laughs> the, chopping of the, the Chopping of the Choppers. No, this is the segment we call The Butcher's Block. All right, today, tonight, where we're at, uh, today... When I go to sleep, people die, people. This happens. And uh, the one we lost today was a great man who, who's acted in so many things. Uh, James Karen died at 94 today, which is a long life. I know people say, hey, 94, yada, 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 yada. But this man, I've never heard an unkind word somebody say about him. I've heard many interviews of people talking about him. And they love him. And they, they nothing but joy to work with. But he, he's done so many things. Of course, horror genre fans will know him from the first two Return of the Living Dead films. Brilliant in those films. 
And of, and of course, uh, Toby Hooper's Invaders from Mars. Uh, Poltergeist, he was the, the, the shoddy real estate man that just moved the headstones, you know. <laughs> but he's in The China Syndrome and All the President's Men. So many films to speak of. And um, I gotta love, I got to meet him uh, like, like six or seven years back. And he was just a joy to talk to. A lot of these people you meet are not glad to be doing horror conventions. But he was a man who loved every role he had, I think, including that one, you know, um, Frank for from Return of the Living Dead, which is still hilarious. You know, you still watch it today, and you know all of his lines. You watch your tongue, boy, if you like this job. You know, it's good stuff, man. Like this job! Um, I'm going to kick it to somebody else, though. I'll kick it to Suzanne first, and uh, what she thinks about Jimmy Karen. Oh, I know. It was, I saw this when we were talking offline, but... Uh... I remember the first time I saw him, I was watching the original Invasion of the Body Snatchers with my mom. That was my first introduction to James Karen. And then when I finally kicked back and watched the 1978 version, and he just did that little cameo, I'm like, my heart just kind of lifted. Because you're like, oh my god, he came back! He did that! But he was in so many notable movies, and I've actually watched The China Syndrome about maybe four or five months ago. But he had—he was a legitimate actor. He played so many different roles in so many different genres to the best of his ability, and that's pretty much way up there. He is definitely going to be missed, but at 94, he really had a long, wonderful life and a very, very amazing career. He has acting for 2018. And it doesn't surprise me. Mm-hmm. Now, he's, he's got... Like, he's, like, he's, like, he's like a hell Holbrook. He's still, still doing his thing, you know? Yeah, he's got a legacy that everyone should be very proud of. Yep. Well, I'm going to ask you, Iris, what do you think of Jimmy Karen? Oh, dude, um, <clears throat> when I saw that, I was kind of bummed because, so, you know... He's 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 our genre character. He he's he's been in so many movies, you know, like you guys mentioned, Poltergeist and stuff. But um, <clears throat> one of the movies that I remember him from is Capricorn One. Yeah, uh, you know, and uh, of course, you know, China Syndrome, um, the, the Invaders from Mars. There is another one, Wall Street. He was in those movies, and um, he always played such. Like for Invaders from Mars, he he doesn't play a very you know big role, but um, it is impactful. Holy crap! Hold on. It's okay. <laughs> Fuck. Alarm or phone? No, I forgot to turn off my damn. <laughs> I forgot to speaker. It's okay. Continue. It's okay. Oh my gosh! All right. Well, anyway, so um, yeah, you know, it, it was. He was in movies, and sometimes they weren't. He wasn't on the screen for very long, but it was an impactful role. You you saw him, you remembered what he did, and he played a part to move the plot along. And he wasn't just a throwaway character. Um, so, yeah, he's gonna be sorely missed. Uh, I mean, yeah, you know, he did live to ninety four. He did live a very long life, but you know, that's just one more person that we're not going to have around anymore. That makes me bummed. We're not going to see James Karen in another movie and go, oh exactly. my God, there's James Karen. 
Yeah, Justin Bieber still allowed to live, and you know, there, there's that. And so were the Kardashians. Yes, those people too. You know, if a car, if there, a plane crash took out Justin Bieber and the Kardashians, I guarantee the world would be a better place. Yeah. Oh, one more death that I have to mention because you know I'm, I'm a fat guy, and this is an important thing. Uh, it's, uh, not as important as James Cameron, <laughs> but I like to think it is. Dorcas Riley, who you may not know her name, but you know the delicious dish that she's made for every Thanksgiving dinner to come. The inventor of the green bean casserole has passed away in 92, and I I have to salute you because I love that. Aww. Every, every time. Mm-hmm. So oh. good. <laughs> Damn, I have not had a decent green bean casserole since my grandmother died. How do you fuck up green bean casserole? Seriously. I don't make it. Yeah, my but grandmother other made it. It's not that hard. I know, but my grandmother made it. I don't. Oh my god, that had to be said though. I'm sorry. That's I'm, okay. a, I'm, I'm a fat guy. And I love food. I can't help these things. But um, I'm gonna leave it at that. And I'm gonna ask Iris to pimp her stuff right now. All right. Well, um, tomorrow. No, not tomorrow's Thursday. No, Friday I will be recording with the Theme Warriors, and our theme is movies that we found fun, or our favorite horror movies when we were kids. And we have quite a variety. We got Return from Oz, It, Poltergeist, and uh, Ichabod Crane and Mr. Toad. So... That's going. I mean, the, the variety on that is just like huge. So it's going to be a really fun discussion um, for BB and BC. We're going to be recording on Saturday, and our movie is going to be McHugh, which nice. yeah, you know John Wayne up here in Seattle. So that's going to be a fun discussion too. Oh wow! So, yes. Return to Oz is still pretty fucked up. <laughs> that is the most fun. Okay, like when the lady takes her head off, man. That's dull. I, t- I told oh. her it was a bulk. That fucking movie fucking shattered my brain when I was a child, you know? Yes! It's like, wow, I just see Richard... Uh, I wonder what Richard Oz is about. I love, I love The Wizard of Oz. Like, mm-hmm. what the fuck is going on in this fucking movie? I've, you know? I've never seen it. Oh, it's so oh, wonderful. It's so wonderfully it's, morbid. It's insane. Know? It's insane. The Wheelers, everything. But see, I had read all the books, so I kind of knew what to expect. But yeah, the movie kind of twisted it all up. The plot to return to Oz is that Dorothy's still babbling on about Oz even after she's come back from there. So the parents decide that she's crazy and they go get her, go get her shock treatments at the mental hospital. So then she goes Are back down Are you kidding again. me? That's the plot of that movie. Well, that is the plot. That's fucked up. It is. It really is. Oh my god. Suzanne, what's your what's your girl going on, girl? What's what you come? Oh up? my God! Well, um, this past Sunday we recorded. We're still doing the Halloween TV movies, and we recorded Gargoyles, aka Not Without My Anus. You know. Because <laughs> <laughs> Gargoyle... oh my God, there is that that, that was a. Uh, did we even talk about the movie? You'll have to listen to find out what that means. It's kind of funny, you know. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, the week before, I still have to say this is, should be coming out, I do believe, at some point next week. We did Salem's Lot, my favorite version, Toby Hooper's. And, yeah, look for that on the NFW podcast, and you can find that on Horrorphilia. Yep. I'm on those shows, too, as well. Yeah. Well, of course. And this show, 
and the two drink freedom commentaries. You can both hear those. You can hear those. You can both hear those. You guys can listen to them as well. <laughs> you can listen to both of those on legionpodcast.com. You can hear NFW as as well as Sloppy Seconds, the movie sequel podcast on horophilia.com. Twitter at GW, Twitter at Cast. if you want to come follow us on there. I don't do much on there. Maybe I should get, like, one of those social media gurus to say, hey, post some shit because I'm lazy, you know, or I just forget about it. But uh, here we are. Uh, Fleas and Flicks Charity Auction is coming sooner than you think. They just uh, added a couple more tasty names to the Days of the Dead um, docket, so I'll be hitting there. <clears throat> Meeting up with Suzanne, probably, and... Andrew and Maddie from the Friday the Thirteenth podcast are going to be there, and I'm I'm looking forward to hanging out with all those people. And yeah, we're going to do this. Having a good time. Um, that's about it for that one, though. That'll be on a, a Facebook event page because it's easier too for you people to bid on it. Like like the very first time you guys uh, went nuts, and I, I I haven't said this yet, but this is going on till November fifteenth. I forget the name of the organization, but uh, Patrick Walsh from the Scream Queens podcast is um, taking donations over Facebook and other other routes, and he's doing 31, 31 shows in the month for it. God damn, that guy's fucking dedicated. But I, it includes a lot of our Legion uh, brother and, brothers and sisters, including Vanessa McHenry and Andrew and Maddie, who I talked about. They're on shows, and but he's doing this all for the uh, the LBGT homeless in New York City, and uh, oh. that's, a bit, that's a big population, I'm sure, because... That's a rough. That's a rough life in, when, when those people. And uh, I recommend you go into to seek into that. I think it's. Oh, I'll look, I'll put it in the show notes. Basically, I, I forget the name of it, but it's very important. You guys check this out. I donated ten dollars today. I'll donate more money when I get more money next week. But it goes on all the way till November fifteenth, and I recommend you guys go help out with that great, great cause. But that's it for this one. Uh, next time, next show you should hear, and I hate doing this because sometimes it happens that it don't happen, but this one is probably for surely, for sure happening. Our Halloween episode, which is dedicated to Suzanne's fallen puppy, Daggy, known as De- called Daggy's Disciples, in which we do Devil Dog, the Hound from Hell, and Zoltan, Dracula's Dog. Uh, this should be a, a fun, fun schlock-filled show, people, and I'm looking forward to talking about both these films. Um, that's about wraps up for this one, and uh, remember always at the Sin Beef Podcast, if you got beef, we've got the grinder. See you next time. Good night.